What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Sideline Summit. I'm Antonio Perez, joined as always by Danny Cole, DC UPenn's finest, Chris Culture, CB Culture Boy. We got another great episode for you guys today. Of course, we're going to do Summit's Plummets NBA Weekly. We're going to talk about the big trade that happened today. Uh, Pascal Siakam is going to the Indiana Pacers in exchange for Bruce Brown, two 2024 first-round picks and a 2026 first-round pick. Only that 2026 is the only one that's actually the Pacers. But um, after that, we're going to be talking about the wild card losers. Um, what's next for them? Uh, what do they have to address this offseason? Uh, the biggest names being Eagles, Cowboys, two, you know, two teams that, you know, really got to do some inward looking. Um, and of course we're going to get into this divisional round, which I believe this is one of the best slates that I've seen in a long time in divisional round weekend. Uh, you got the rookie Stroud against the MVP Lamar, and then you have, Mahomes versus Allen, which is slowly forming up to be our new Manning versus Brady, at least with how many playoff matchups they've had. Not to necessarily say that's quarterback one and two, you know, very subjective thing. But uh, and then over in the NFC, you got a battle of former number one overall picks, Goff and Baker, uh, two guys who are essentially written off and they have seemed to like truly flip the script in their new homes. And then you have Brock Purdy taking on Jordan Love, uh, Niners, Packers, always going to be a headline in the playoffs um before we get into any of that before we get into uh summits plummets uh we've had a great week on social media you know with the videos we see y'all loving the videos y'all see we see y'all subscribing make sure i keep subscribing liking commenting make sure you turn on post notifications keep showing all the love make sure to follow us on sideline summit all social media platforms make sure you head on over to apple pie spotify wherever you get your uh your podcast leave a like give us a download give us a five-star rating we really appreciate all the love you guys have been showing us but without further ado, it's time I stop this uh, L Yap session. Um, Danny, get us kicked off Summits Plummets. Summits and Plummets. We all begin to become a Ravens fan. That is a summit of the week. Um, I think putting an end to the disaster class of the Philadelphia Eagles and Pittsburgh Steelers seasons. The Steelers overperformed. Well, yeah, y'all, y'all overperformed. I, I can clap it up for that at least. We overperformed. Yes, but the season was still a disaster class. We fired our offensive coordinator when we were six and three. No legitimate team does that. So when we're talking Bills about did. a team, the Bills did when they were six. They have Dave Josh Allen. I'm, I'm, let me stop. <laughs> they were five and five, or they were six and five, whatever. And they fired our OC because he was actually a problem. We fired our OC at six and three, and then lost games. So it was kind of a disaster class of a season. We snuck into the playoffs back door. Tomlin's back, which all that matters, that is part of the summit. The second part of the summit is that Mike Tomlin remains the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'm going to flip it over to the Dallas Cowboys for the summit. I mean, for the plummet. The plummet is that you have are doing the insanity. You're asking for a head coach to win you a Super Bowl and not changing anything. You're going you're to give him the same roster. You're going to give him CeeDee Lamb and no one else behind. You're going to give... Michael McCarthy, if you want to win a Super Bowl, hire somebody else because he's currently not utilizing the roster to the full capability. Yeah, dude, I, I'm like, I'm in, I'm in the station. I get the notification. They're they're keeping McCarthy. They're Jerry Jones released a statement, but it's like, what's what's the changes? And we're gonna talk about that more a little later. But it's like, oh, like you, you know can't just keep running this? it. You can't just keep running it back. Like it just this doesn't like, work that way. 
Bill Belichick gave him a call and said, I'm not coming to Dallas. And they're like, well, we're just going to run it back. <laughs> I don't think Bill would have ever worked with Jerry Jones anyway. That's kind of no. the same same reason I kind of think he wouldn't work out in Philadelphia personally because he's going to want part of that GM control. Howie Roseman is a better drafter than Bill Belichick. I don't think that's really a hot take, and I think they'll probably butt heads on that one. If they were to come to some type of agreement, sure, I of course, I'm, I'm welcoming Bill Belichick. But, you know, uh, continuity – continuity you know consistency in a workplace is needed especially in a front office especially in a front office like philadelphia but that essentially has not missed on a draft pick since jalen rager um so applaud to howie and i, I would like Lori to stand on his ground if it ever came to that situation uh jeffrey Lurie chris, to stand on business chris by the way, before Chris starts, the reason why we're actually recording on Wednesday night and this is coming up on Thursday, we gave Chris an extra day of recovery. Uh, Dallas got snow, and he's not he's, he's not he grew up in Chicago, but that seems to it. have that seems to have left the boy, and he's not built for it no more. So the snow is not for him. No nah, man, let me tell you, I got I got killed. It wasn't even the snow, bro. It was the I had a game on Monday when I went into the game. It was 40, 44 degrees outside. When I got out, it was 28. And I only had my hoodie on, and I didn't have my hat. And my hair was wet, so I just hooped. And ever since then, I've been cooked. And part of it, I think, is because I've been gone from Chicago too long. I think my body just not used to it. But <laughs> I'm going to give a summit, too. Uh, my summit is oh, a couple. Uh, but then the one, I'm going to say, is that Pascal ended up getting traded to the Pacers. I was happy to hear that. Um, I think call that it. was, it was, yeah, it, it was, and yeah, and then they call it. I'm, I was happy to see it because, I mean, I think it just gives the Pacers like a, a chance to get another quote unquote star player without having to go to free agency because it's because they don't have like that ability all the time. Like, I mean, at least not yet. Maybe as Halliburton continues to get better, you know, that'll change, but just not the biggest high band free agency. So it's cool to see a small market team make a big splash like that. So that was cool. So I used that as my summit and uh, my plummet. The same has been. I've been still having to watch Darvin Ham coach the Lakers the last couple of weeks. And I was a big Darvin Ham guy. I, I wanted Darvin Ham bad, but if I promise you, God, if I have to see another lineup with Torian Prince, Jackson Hayes, Jalen Hushfino, Max Christie, and LeBron, I'm, I'm going to break something. So until that stops, I have to use that as my plummet, uh, hopefully to reverse bad, bad juju, black magic it in reverse to get him fired. So. You know what? Yeah. It reminds me of the Montez Sweat trade for the uh, Chicago Bears. Um, Indiana might be a year in advance of the Bears in competition mode wise, but it's very similar in adding extra star power to your core of people. In that, Montez Sweat added that like flair for the defense to Chicago, whereas Pet Siakam can do the same thing. Um, no, I definitely, I, I, I actually like that comparison, uh, too. I, I do like that. Um, especially, I mean, of course, we're gonna see what Siakam's gonna bring, and we're gonna talk about it. But you already, you saw what Montez Sweat did for the Bears. Um, led the team in sacks, despite not being there all year. Completely changed their defense. Had the defense playing so good, people were questioning: Should we have? Should we keep Fields or draft Caleb Williams? That's how good that defense was. Um, I can't wait till we get into draft mode, man. Uh, it's it's so much talent in this year's draft that I want to talk about. I'm telling y'all right now, my sleeper pick at quarterback it is going to be Spencer Rattler. 
don't be surprised. Anyway, um, so Dude, he's like QB in. six for me, QB seven right now. It's insane, but he's sleeper, big sleeper. QB four. Anyway, that's insanity. <laughs> uh, he's better than JJ McCarthy. He better than JJ. I'll give you that. He better than he JJ. Better JJ might as well go I, back I to watch more film. I gotta, I gotta watch. I gotta watch way, way too much film for me to be giving out, uh, you know, cold, uh, stone cold ranking, rankings right now. Am I crazy uh, enough but, to say JJ's not top ten? We'll get there, man. We'll, we'll we'll talk about it for sure on 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 in the future. You know, around that March time, around that draft process time. But I would say, uh, Summit Eagles finally done out of my misery. Don't gotta worry about it. I can just watch football for what it is. I don't I mean, have the to watch. I don't have to watch, uh, you know, yeah, I would say I get to watch my Ravens. That's really the, 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 the summit, but, um, yeah, I would say really, uh, really the summit is, I just really, I, I get to watch good football, man. Finally. Hey, I guess double summit, man. Celtics been balling. I mean, they got smoked by Milwaukee last week, but I'm really not too worried about it. Not to make excuses. You know, it was on a back to back, but you really shouldn't get beat like that. But I, I promise you, it really wasn't that big of a deal. Like, they were, they just came off a banger of a game against Minnesota. Like Minnesota and Boston have played twice on league pass and both have been certified bangers. Like those two arguably both the top two games this year, both went to overtime. The first game featured Ant taking over in clutch time and, and defending Jason Tatum, getting that jump ball. This time Jason Tatum forced a jump ball turned up in the clutch and, and you know, but, uh, we can turn it to NBA Weekly, and Chris, let's just get your thoughts on that, man. I mean, just NBA as a whole, I'm um, I'm excited because the Pasco trade kind of kicked off trade season to an extent. I mean, you got the February deadline coming up close enough, low-key. Uh, I didn't realize how late we were into January already, but yeah, it's coming up. So uh, I'm just excited to see uh, like what's coming. I feel like a lot of People could move. Uh, I feel like a lot of intricate trades can be had because there's a lot of guys with um, one-year contracts that are, like, veteran guys that can be bought out by another team, like Kyle Lowry, Gordon Hayward, like, guys like that you can use for salary fillers. I, I read today that Lonzo might be used as a salary filler. So just interested to see, like, what's happening as far as that goes. Um, I think the NBA kind of shook up a little bit. I think the Pacers were making enough noise. I don't think people took them serious as, like, a championship contender. And I don't think they should now. Like, I don't think Paco makes them a championship contender. But I think they could be a, a second-round team now. I think this makes it makes it more fun. I think it's like the Knicks of last year. Like, when they first got Brunson, like, you were excited to see what they did. Not not team-style-wise, but just team, you were excited to see what they were going to do. Like the, like the Kings, where you were hiding, like, I think it's adding just more excitement. So, I think as a whole, I think the NBA did really well this week, honestly. Uh, just with kind of keeping it and building it up. Um, but yeah, I'm just like really excited to see like what what happens now. Like what dominoes are still going to fall? You still got a Gary Trent who could be moved, another person on a one year contract. So I just want to see like kind of like how teams kind of play because you're starting to really see like who those teams are that's going to have those lottery picks and who's going to not. You know, you kind of kind of shaping up. So kind of see like these next couple of weeks like what happens around around the league. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of the moves are going to be kind of going to be like deadline day, like midday before deadline day. Um. I don't see anybody of like you, you actually maybe not to Kevin because last year Kevin Durant getting traded by the deadline that's easily like the best player to ever get traded like midseason like that was like groundbreaking like that was earth shattering stuff I think I think Trey Young has like a real shot to get moved at the deadline and that moves mountains this is a top 20 basketball player 
arguably a top 15 basketball player in the association. And if he were to get moved and to the, to the place where people thinking he's going to get moved, get, get moved to the next generational prospect with Wemby. First of all, my boy's going to be a walking 25 and 15. And Wemby, that points per game is going to go from 19 to 30. <laughs> so all 15 assists just going to be right to Wemby because they essentially going to recreate the Capella Harden thing, except instead of Clint Capella, it's Victor Wembinyama. So it's either going to be Trey Floater or Trey Lobb, and it's going to be great. We'll be there. But as for the Pascal uh, trade, I really like it for both sides. But to start with the Pacers, you get somebody who's real, like in half-court offense. In the playoffs, things are going to slow down. You're not going to be able to go 120 miles per hour and just outgun everybody. It's just not going to work that way. you got to play a little more methodical. I think Tyrese is capable of doing that. I think the kid plays at his own pace. And nobody plays at their own pace more than Pascal Siakam. He's going to slow it down get what he needs to get on offense, and then he's going to play defense for you as well. And I think that's another big thing because just like we were talking about why he would be such a good fit for the Kings is that now for the Pacers, he's a, a good wing defender. It's something you just don't have. Like you have Bruce Brown, but I think I'll take Pascal. I'll take his offense with equal to maybe a little less than defense, but I'll personally take Pascal's like his length on defense, his quickness. Um, I think he could he could play a little bit of small ball five, you know, if Miles Turner is you could play him with Miles and then you can play him with Miles off the court, which I think I think is gonna be huge for them in playoff time when you if you gotta go smaller lineups, if you gotta go if you run into a team like the Sixers and you gotta go double big, that's gonna be huge. Um, because that that's been the key to stopping guys like Giannis, guys like Embiid. The Celtics put Horford and Williams out there to stop Embiid. The uh, the the Heat throw out Bam, and they throw out uh, you know Kevin Love, who's not like you know not a good defender at this point in his career, but it's still bodies. And now, mind you, these guys are Miles Turner and Siakam. Miles Turner not what he used to be, but Siakam's still a good defender. So, I think for playoff purposes, I think for half court offense and defensive purposes, I, I think this is huge. And Siakam, like Chris said, you know last week if he were to get traded with the Kings, he can get out and run. He can get off the board and run. He can get off the board, find Tyrese, who's going to find someone else, or he can get out and transition. Tyrese going to find him. It's, it's like, it's a beautiful, for the same reasons why we said it would be good for the Kings. It would be good for the Pacers. Now, Danny called this. I don't know if you had anything extra to add onto it, but, um, oh, you're on mute, brother. Now, I think you guys have spoke really, really well about what Siakam brings to the Pacers as a young team. Um, as a team that's developing, you bring this veteran presence that can really elevate the game and kind of just ease Halliburton into his role as this team leader rather than have him have to go get 30 every night. Because that, that can be a struggle for some young guys. Uh, you see some guys that – you ask to get 30 every night, and sometimes they have 10 points. Sometimes they have 10 uh, on 10 of 27 shooting. Like Maxi has those games where he looks like he cannot score a basketball. Yeah, no. I, I definitely like – I didn't even mention the veteran leadership part. And another thing, I like that Chris brought up the Knicks. Every contending team in the East got at least two guys. Celtics got Brown, Tatum, KP. Sixers got Embiid, Maxi, 
Harris or Ubre on certain nights, but if we're talking stars, you know, Embiid, Maxi. No, uh, we're talking Bucks. about Chris's best player on the Sixers. Who is it? The Anthony, Anthony Melton, Mel- baby. My guy, my guy. That's man. my boy. That's my boy. That's my guy. So in Boston, you have their top three: Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Chris Stops. In Philly, you got Maxine and Embiid. In Milwaukee, of course, you got Giannis and Dame. Even in New York, you have Randall and Brunson. That's not like you the got Miami All Star duo. In, in Miami, you got Butler. You have Adebayo. You have Hero, who's like averaging twenty. You have Jaime Jaquez, who's a super productive rookie. Uh, but then when you Let's look at Indiana, Orlando Magic, Orlando Magic, you got Franz. You got Paolo. That's two All Star level guys. I, I'm glad that yeah. you mentioned that. Um, even Atlanta is ain't working, but they got two all-star level guys and Murray and, and Young's a Young's a borderline superstar in my opinion. Not but, for long. I mean, they they don't got Murray for long. <laughs> yeah, they might have Trey for long. But then you look at the Pacers; they only had Tyrese, and a lot of teams that only got that one star aren't looking to compete. But they were like, "No, what? We got the depth. We got the coaching. Let's just get a guy who's gonna help fill some holes." Brought in a second all-star. I I, I love the move. And then, as for Toronto. Ever, look look at the hall like fully. IQ, a great six-man score. Or, or just a great score in general, whether you're going to start him or not. RJ Barrett was really a salary filler, to be quite honest. He really wasn't supposed to be anything. But if he can provide you like just anything as a scorer, it's a plus in my opinion. Three first-round picks, which... That's awesome. I don't think anybody was expecting three first-round picks for Pascal, which is good for the Pacers, which most likely means he's going to resign. But as as for Toronto, I mean, and they're still not – you can trade Gary Trent. I'm sure a contender is going to want him. A contender might, might even want Dennis Schroeder. I know a certain team he's played for twice already. Uh, he might find his way back there. But um, Jakob Pertl, when he gets healthy, he's a decent trade piece. I know teams would love – a, a a very sturdy rim protector. Um, he he's been solid for years. One of the most underrated players in the game, in my opinion. Um, there's just yeah, there's moves to be made, and they're just gonna build around Scotty. Got RJ. Got IQ. I think overall, uh, you I'm not gonna use the the term win win because I, I obviously have to see like how things play out. Calling a trade a win on day of is just gonna go and backfire. You make it look stupid, but. Um, but yeah, I, I think we're all in a, in abundance that we, we like this trade for sure. Um, was there anything else we wanted to say? Uh, Bill, for, Bill for the Raptors, he's got to move uh, Gary Trent now. And I want to say, we, we spoke with, spoke on Trey Young. It's one place outside of, well, not one place, but the place I want to see him at even more than the Spurs. And there's a couple of reasons why I just want to get to this because it's NBA weekly still. The Heat. Yeah, go ahead. The Heat. And because the Heat have everything Trey Young does struggle with, and he literally brings what they struggle with more shoot. I mean, people say he can't shoot, he just shoots at a high volume. He can shoot 36, 37% if he shot less than 15 contested threes a game. You know what I'm saying? So he can bring that, he can bring playmaking. And he's just, he's a scorer at the end of the day. He can score, he's a scorer. You and you put him in the pick and roll with Bam, I think he's very, very dangerous as well with, with actual wing defenders and stuff like that. So that's another place I like to see Trey Young. But you, sorry, sorry, yeah. No, no, no. That's that's like that. That's a good one because I think they get into the postseason a lot, and it's too much down the stretch. Jimmy, Jimmy, please save, Jimmy, yeah. please save us. 
Jimmy, if you can't get to the foul line right now, or you can't make, you know, one of your signature mid-range jumpers, we're cooked. We're cooked. And and that was without a healthy Tyler Hero. Now, if you can add Tyler, I mean, if you can add Trey, we're keeping Tyler. And then now you open up that game jab now because you can go back to the DHOs, you can go back to the regular handoff, you can go back to all that. With, with the Trey Young instead of and Cal I's played good for the Heat. He's been over there at times. He's had very terrible stretches, but when they were made the finals, Cal I was just really making plays and shooting threes. You telling me Trey Young can't do that? But yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I'm interested to see if they'll really move Trey. Like I, I'm I'm very very interested. Um, because they just said Trey and Jalen Johnson were the untouchables, but. Y'all so mediocre, man. Like, it's either you were going to make this big sp- – like, and that's what sucks. You can't even make a big splash. Your big splash was DeJounte Murray, which, all due respect, at the time was an all-star, all-NBA defender. That's not your splash. If you're going to go make three first-round picks, your three first-round picks, man, that's got to be for a star, two-way wing, groundbreaking could take over a game. But nah. You used it on DeJounte Murray, which, like, I'm not all the way out on him. I think his offensive load opened up more in Atlanta, so he's not as good as a defender. But I think if he, if DeJounte were to be put back in the black and silver, which he said that, you know, Pop is like a father to him. Uh, he didn't, like, turn down the idea of being traded back to San Antonio. But he was he was just like, you know, Pop's like a father to me. You know, what happens, whatever happens, happens. I think if DeJounte were to go back, the spacing's a lot better than it was when he was there. He has a he has Wemby, which I'm sure he'll have fun playing with him. DeJounte kind of reminds me of like a condensed Wemby. His arms are just like <laughs> insanely long. They, I don't know. But they both got that low cut now. Um condensed. I think Murray, I think Murray would love I would I think he would love playing with Wembyama. I really do. Call him that Miami. Yeah, and Miami. Both of those guards could go fit in Miami. Like, and Miami is so I, – I know it's ironic. We uh, People always say, it's like, oh, you'll see, like, any player in a Miami Heat jersey swap. But there's Miami is the easiest plug-and-chug system in the league. Like, it really is because nobody is asked to do too much. And that's credit to Spolstra, and that's credit to their player development. And not even – even outside player development, it's, like, making players buy in. Like – I. And I'm not trying to be the horny or horny. Whoa, corny. <laughs> that was crazy. Corny heat culture type of guy. But it's just like, what did you expect for Kevin Love at this point in his career? Now he's a solid role player for them. Kyle Lowry, old as hell. Villanova, Villanova legend, but corny as hell. Old as hell. And he contributed still. Like, it's just what they get out of their players is how they develop their players. You know, Hero is great scorer. Jaime Hakez Jr., has kind of come – he came in prepared, but, like, man, they really got him right. Duncan Robinson, my man can dribble. They made Duncan Robinson dribble. Who would have ever thought? If you watched him at Michigan, you would have never thought my man was putting it on the deck and, and, and getting to the basket. But now he can do that. And I'm actually very proud of him because he got that money. He kind of seemed complacent at just, I'm a cone on defense, but I can shoot. But now you can't shoot. So he really, like, developed his game all around, and I, I think he's he, he's a, he's a real good role player now. Like – on, on relative, he respectable on the other side of the ball now, and I think that was another thing. Guys like him, Sam Hauser, if you can just be respectable on the other end, you're gonna play because everybody knows you're gonna shoot the lights out. So, yeah, that was just you know little heat culture rant. Um, 
Do we have any other NBA topics we want to talk about? Um, um I, one thing I would like to talk about is the Sixers. I the they will pursue some trades at the deadline, but will not go after the stars, which is interesting. I think they're going to go try to get like a three and D role player type of guy rather than go get uh, Dejounte Murray or Trey Young. You know what's interesting. interesting in that for me at least. You got like four of them. <laughs> you got like four three and D guys currently on your roster. It's you exactly what you're looking for. Tobias, Kelly, Rocco, Mook, all of them. Three and D guys. Marcus Morris is a dude. He's he he's an excellent watch. He is an excellent watch. Cause this dude has no moral compass for when he's shooting the ball. But when, bro, when he hits one, he's hitting a couple more. Like, he's just – he's as hot and cold as it gets for role players. Rocco, great defender. Uh, we already know that one. Kelly Oubre, um, great, great defender. Um, a, a championship cali- caliber role player, as we always talk about with Kelly. And Tobias Harris. I'm defending Tobias Harris to the grave. Uh, every Sixers fan could be against him. I'm for him. He's one of the most efficient role players that this game has to offer. Um and I feel like he he gets a lot of the blame when he really shouldn't. Like, they, he might have his moments, but who's not going to have their moments, you know? And I know yeah. he's taking up this large chunk sum of money. Uh, don't look at him. He's not the – he's got an agent. His agent did that. And the Sixers gave him that money. So, yeah. I, I Am I down for a trade? I guess it depends who it is and who they give up, obviously. But I think they're good. Like, I, I like – like we always talk, like how I was talking about with your big splash, it's got to be like a good three level score, elite two way wing. This is kind of like doing it by committee. And then you have the most dominant player in the NBA as we speak at center in Joel Embiid. And then you got Tyrese Maxey, who's putting the world on notice, probably going to win most improved. And then you got DeAnthony Mellon, who's goaded. So go with the sauce. He's nice. He's nice, boy. Um, Anything else that we want to talk about NBA, or can we get to these wild card losers? I'll go to the wild card. <clears throat> Let's talk about these wild card losers, man. So, basically, really just going around to the losers. What do they have to do this offseason? What has to change? Um, Danny, we can start with one of. We can start with the Steelers. We can start with the Eagles. I think. I think one's going to take a little longer than the other. Let's start with the Eagles. Let's start with the Eagles. Okay. The, so the harder part. Yeah. So here's the thing with the Eagles, man. Here's what I've been thinking. There's been stories all throughout the year about Brian Johnson. He's obviously the play caller. We learned that at this point. What I'm confused is the playbook Steichen was using, at least. Um, What's... I thought when Sirianni handed the sticks over to Steichen in 2021, I thought Steichen was using Sirianni's playbook and just using it better than him. And I thought the same thing last year. Now I'm watching this year. I'm looking at next gen. I'm looking at route trees. I'm looking at concepts. I'm looking at the fact that they don't have anything to adjust to a zero blitz in the playbook. They don't have hot routes in the playbook. That's not that, that, that made me know that Sirianni, Steichen had his own thing. And now Sirianni's playbook is what Brian Johnson is using to call plays. 
because this is identical to like the first seven games in 2021. But why would Sirianni have Johnson use his Sirianni's playbook instead of having Johnson use his own thing? Because there's apparently rumors that Johnson and Hertz went to Sirianni wanting to switch things up and he said no. And I feel as if he's gotten a little too prideful. I feel like he may be deep down. I've had a coordinator carrying me for two years. We're going to have my playbook. I'm going to have one of my coordinators calling the plays while I manage the game. And it's going to go, it's going to go crazy. And it's not. So now, since I don't know the truth, here's what I'm open to as an Eagles fan and adjustments rosters. Obviously you got to beef up linebacker, got to get some secondary depth, but you kind of have some pieces to look. Eli Ricks wasn't bad. Keely Ringo, pretty solid uh, for a late round corner. Um, and he's going to develop. He's a big physical corner. Uh, he's going to you know, develop really nice. Slay, I think he's still got a year or two in him. Um, I know a lot of Philly fans are mad at him for whatever reason, but he was nice. Bradbury, sayonara, buddy. Um, Reed Blankenship, obviously here to develop, here to stay. Kevin Byard, I think another offseason in the system can help him a lot. Defensive line, you don't really have to make any changes. You're going to be in year two of the Carter-Davis duo. You're still going to have sweat. Hopefully, Milton Williams can get more reps on the inside with those guys. You obviously have uh, Hassan Reddick. Fletcher Cox coming back. Not exactly sure yet. Um, he told Jeff McLean to fuck off today. So, um, yeah, we, we, uh, we'll we see on that. So, and offensively, I think Danny said this the other day, um, going to need to find a real wide receiver three. And I love Alameda Zacchaeus. Is that, if that is their solution, I'm 100% not mad at it. He's made big plays this year. Uh, stepped up when need be. Um, so I, I would love to see him in an offense that features a little more stuff over the middle, you know, short to intermediate game. Now, coaching staff is where I'm open to a couple different things. Number one, fire Nick and bring in Mike Vrabel or Bill Belichick. Those are the two favored guys. I also think Bobby Slowick would be an excellent choice, but I don't know. I don't know the odds of that happening, but I would love an offensive-minded coach to come in. You saw what he did as the pass game coordinator in San Fran with Brock Purdy. He made him essentially perfect as a rookie. This year with Stroud, Stroud's arguably the greatest rookie quarterback of all time. I would love to see what Sloa could do for a dynamic quarterback like Jalen Hurts. So, you know, Vrabel, Bill Belichick, Bobby Slowick, Ben Johnson's kind of a long shot, but, you know, the, get a get a top candidate. Um and if you're going to do that, obviously one of those guys are probably going to bring one of their own OCs. But if they don't, if they perhaps, you know, by perchance, if they like Brian Johnson, sure, go for it. Keep him. Because I don't even know what the dude's capable of because I don't even know what's going on. So the stories that are going to leak over the next couple months will really tell me what's going to go down in Philadelphia. But as for roster-wise, Everyone knows this This team is loaded. This team is stacked, talented. We're going to have to figure out some things in the coaching room. Uh, that's just my opinion. I don't know if uh, you guys have anything to uh, add on. I kind of just rambled there. But who had to get some off my chest. Sorry. Uh, last thing was just to add uh, about personnel. Um, trade A.J. Brown to the Warriors. I mean, to the Ravens. Sorry. The Warriors. To the Ravens. Sorry. I mean, yeah, that's I, don't the last know, thing. I don't know. I don't know what we would do with Lamar and Jalen Hurts in the. Uh, oh no, we have eleven wide receiver threes for you. Don't worry, we got a plethora of them sitting over there. Tylen Wallace, so, Devin Duvernay, whichever one you want, take both of them. <laughs> See, I mean, Kyle Hamilton would really fit well oh, in our defense. Oh, don't worry about uh, it. Next, next up, Danny, I thought you had something to say. Uh, tell him about <laughs> Don't even. Don't even. <laughs> 
Would I trade AJ Brown for Kyle Hamilton? Probably not. Maybe. If we sent Odell with him, probably. I mean, like straight up. (laughs) Straight up. Like straight up. Would I do that? I think I think, I think positional positional value wise, you probably couldn't do that. Like a safety for a receiver, you probably couldn't do that. But like yeah. player for player, I don't know. I think about it. Like year you know, two, Hamlin, safety, that's not that's game. not, bro. I think AJ Brown's a top three receiver, so that's I not me sliding him. I just think Kyle Hamilton is top two safety, possible, possible. So one, my bad, Danny. Go ahead. I'm sorry. sorry. I ain't gonna say top one out of respect. You know, big Minka, but yeah, Minka, uh, Minka's one. I think. Then I think Kyle's like three. Kyle's like three. I say, we got anything to say about uh Eagles? Y'all got anything to say about the Eagles? I know, I uh, yeah. So, I'm oh yeah, I just I think before Danny goes with the with the Steelers, I I think really I just really just say I think they need to just realize that having a bad year is okay and not overreact. Like I think you can of course make some upgrades, make a couple of changes, but just don't overreact to a wonky year. Because I mean, like you said, the talent's there, and I think it in especially in football. If you have talent, you could really work around it at some point. You, you can figure it out. And I think it, it'll be a year for that. Yeah, of course, make some change in the culture room, but just don't overreact and try to, like, overhaul everything. Because what, what, what are the Eagles – were they not 9-2, and 10-1? And and, or, like, we what were they? 10-1, and one, right? 10 and, it was 10-1, right. man. You don't, you don't get to 10 and 11 one accident, bro. You don't, you don't get that by accident. So, at the end of the day, I think you just don't need to overreact and just, just go from there. Yeah. Uh, right, moving on to yeah, let's the move Dallas guy. I'm, I'm moving oh, on you to want to go Cowboys, Cowboys first? Okay, start um, the Cowboys then. We'll, we'll try to keep, yeah. keep it uh, fast with the Cowboys. We, we spoke on it earlier. The Cowboys are trying to do the same thing over and over again in bringing back Mike McCarthy. Reality, your roster is really, really well constructed. Um, props to Jerry Jones. Props to GM management. Um, the year, the roster looks phenomenal throughout the regular season. Every single year. I think it's going to come down to getting the culture right. Um, getting these players to completely buy in for 19, not just 19 weeks, not just 17, 18 weeks, but through the playoffs, um, you have to stick together in times of adversity. And I think you saw them go down early and they shit their pants. Um, they didn't know what the hell to do. Uh, Dak, he's going to get a lot of slander for his play early in the game. I think he, he did this. He does this a lot. Um, where he starts a game bad and then he he's kind of stat pads. It's like the Russell Westbrook of the NFL uh, back in 2016. Right now, I love Russell Westbrook. You know that. I probably don't. Not many people love Russell Westbrook more than me. But at least at least Westbrook stat padding led to wins. Yeah, exactly. Um, Dax usually did, but in the playoffs it doesn't because you can't do that. Uh, the defense is the real issue. Deron Bland is not a real corner. Quarterback two. He is a interception pick six merchant. Yes, pick I, call it. I said pick six pick. merchant. That's facts, though. <laughs> uh, he is a horrible coverage corner. Not good. Yeah. He's probably comparable. He's like James Bradbury, but he got pick sixes. You know, he's a lot uh, like Diggs in 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 Stephon, in uh, Trevor Diggs. Trevor Diggs. Well, Trevon Trevon Diggs. Trevon, Trevon Diggs is an elite cornerback. Um, yeah, no, no. Now he I, is. Now, now he's uh, he's real. Like he's real. But like second year in the league. He was he got what eleven picks made an all pro yeah. team, but it's like if you get eleven picks, you're getting targeted a lot. That's why when you look at things like Sauce Gardner, like it's like oh passer rating when targeted is like fifty, and then another dude's like thirty six. I'm like, 
Because if he's being targeted, it probably means he messed up because otherwise they're not throwing it that way. Like, no, I'm not throwing it as Sauce Gardner for, for any reason unless I see he blatantly messed up. But, yeah, no, I agree with everything you said. I think the corners could use a little bit of an upgrade. Um, I think offensively, you know, you need probably a real wide receiver too. Um, but... They're kind of in the same boat as I the Eagles, except you need a wide receiver two and three. Um, for, but Dak, there's a spot in this league for Dak. Obviously, there's probably 20 teams right now that would love Dak Prescott as their quarterback. The Dallas Cowboys can't be one of them, man. You cannot keep running this back. It's not working. Like he's a good quarterback, and I bet in the right system. He could go win a Super Bowl. But it's just not working here, man. It's just not working. Get him to Miami. Get him to Miami. I They can make an AFC championship game. I think if if you had... If you had Dak instead of Tua in Miami, I, I think they're a lot more successful. I think he's a lot more successful. Ball Chris knows. over here calling Dak... A backup quarterback. It's kind of crazy, but bro, I was having so much. He played. He he played like one. So, no, play like one. And, and I, I've been kind of hating on Dak all year. Not kind of. I've been hating on Dak all year. Yeah, but I, don't that. I, don't, I don't. Yeah, I was about to undersell it. So valid. So so invalid. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think I think you're right. I think Dak needs to change the scenery. Scenery. Um, I think he's a better player than I talk about on sideline summer, of course. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think. You need something new. And I, I don't think something new is Trey Lance, by the way. I'm not saying Trey Lance is something I do. I do. Me. Me. Trey you know Lance. What I'm saying. You know what I'm Hold saying. Up. They need. Potential man, right? You know bro. You know what I'm saying they need. Tyler Huntley. Don't they? Oh. Hmm? The, the, Tyler Huntley. The, the, yeah, Tyler Huntley for a first-round pick. Hmm. Uh, Somebody wants to draft Caleb Williams. Trade nah. all the way up to one? No, just Yo, get Justin know. Fields. That's what you do. You start uh, off with Justin Fields, and you give Justin Fields C.D. Lamb, and you give him other good players. Look, man, when the news come out that Trey Lance beats Justin Fields in a quarterback battle, it's going to get bad. It's going to get nasty. You know, it's going to be hilarious. Um, the, the main issue is going to happen is that C.D. Lamb, he's not going to tolerate losing anymore. He's going to ask out. And he's going to do a contract very soon. So, C.D. Lamb is going to be the next A.J. Brown, unfortunately. On the block. Who's, who's A.J. Brown do you think he could be, though? Would he be? No, I'm I thinking, think. I'm thinking that the Baltimore Ravens drafted their Devonta Smith this year in the draft. And that the Baltimore Ravens could go trade and get C.D. Lamb. Uh, Lamar don't and, need and, Lamar don't need a Stephon Diggs. He don't need an AJ Brown. Don't say that. Then he's cooking he something crazy right now. You know who yes. does? You know you know who will though? You know who will need one? Anthony Richardson. Stroud. CJ Stroud. Nico Collins. Nah, he got guy. his. He got his. I think he Nico made. Collins is that guy. Him and Dell. Him and Dell. He's not that Del. level, but he's gonna be. Oh no, no, I, I love both of them. I, 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 Nico, I, Col- I, think, Nico I Collins he has 20 yard season. We just saw him bust the Browns' ass. Nico Collins is like that, man. I think, yeah, yeah, let's I'll, get on to that. Let's get on to that. Let's talk about let's talk how Browns? the Browns, okay. the Here, Browns defense put up an all-time shit show. They might have outclassed the, the Dallas Cowboys. Out-assed. Out-assed. <laughs> like, they, they're going to start selling their team on OnlyFans because it was so ass. Oh, <laughs> 
Like we, we we thought Deshaun Watson was cooking up with this uh massage parlor and getting his ass rubbed. No, the defense. He like he he spread it to the defense because this team, Miles Garrett, you want to be the depoy? Zero zero stats across the board in this game. That's that that's that Laramie Tunsil, man. That's one of the like best Tony this game Snell. got to fucking offer, man. Laramie Tunsil had a hell of a game, and I'm super, super excited. To see hey, him next L- week against the Ravens. Laramie Tunsil okay. is a but, monster. But as for the Browns, yeah. That secondary. It's, it's, it's gotten bad. I will say they were playing without their all-pro level safety, Grant Delpit. He is a like big part of what they do on defense. He's a 6'4 ball hawk. He's kind of what Kyle Hamilton is for the Ravens. He's not as talented, but he's damn close. Um, he's a beast. I would say outside of Del Pitt, you really got to look at that secondary room, though. Like you, like how many good players are we looking at? How many? Dude, guys? I like their secondary room. I, like I do not. I think in a lot of games this year, their secondary has been real bad. Like, like M- really, I'll really tell you this: bad. MJ Emerson gets away with a lot of holding calls, and they started calling him during the game. And yeah, it happens, man. I mean, I think. What they need to do going into the offseason is really not that much. Like, you're not going to fire the head coach. You know, maybe you're going to have to get a new defensive coordinator. I mean, maybe Jim Schwartz doesn't get a new job. I don't know. I don't think anybody probably hires him for head coach at this point. But Nope. Yeah. But So, you you run it back. Um, and, unfortunately, uh, you're going to have to run it back with Sean Watson, who looked good in his last game before he got hurt or – just during the injury, but I don't know. There's, there's not much you can really change. Not much you really have to change. You were a really good defense this year. Your offense started to find some strides. You figured out Ninjoku is awesome. Uh, Mario yeah, awesome. too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I would say if they need anything, they need a wide receiver too. And you, you know, you know who? This is going to be random for the Browns, but it's one guy who's uh, I think I'm almost 100 sure he's up for a contract. Um, it's Darnell Mooney, and I know it sounds really random, but I think he could add some speed to the Browns, and I think that mm-hmm. could be something that could really help the offense because when you get Chubb back, you already got a beast in Amari Cooper. I think adding some speed with the guy, and I, I think Rashid Shahid's up. You can get him maybe as well, but he I is. think like some speed, somebody with some speed, I think will help the Browns offense a lot because I'm not saying that they were slow, but like outside of Amari Cooper making a big play, like I didn't really see a lot of like just big play ability from the receivers through the years. So I think a big play guy would help them a lot too. No, that's a good one because Amari Cooper's best years in Dallas were with Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup was the big stretch the field, go get the 50-50s, get the safeties out the way, let Amari Cooper bake whoever he wants one-on-one. Um, and then now, uh, you know, Gallup has had injuries since then. He's not the same. But, yeah, I, I like this. It's the same mentality, you know, get uh, those guys, get a Darnell Mooney who's going to stretch the field, uh, a Nelson Aguilar uh, who's going to stretch the field. Uh, um, but – yeah, just to recap the teams we've been through so far, Eagles, we're talking about potentially a new head coach, potentially a new offensive coordinator, and some linebacker issues for the Cowboys. I said personally move on from Dak Prescott. It's nothing personal. Uh, it's just I think you just really need a new direction, and you really need to up that secondary room. Um, for the Browns, not much you really can change. You had a really good year. Kevin Stefanski, probably going to win coach of the year. Um so nothing really changed there. So we got three teams out the way. Uh, we could talk about the last team in the NFC, and that's the LA Rams. I don't. Even, I guess it kind of depends what Stafford's going to do. I think he's going to come back. Him and McVay is going to come back, so you can probably run it back again. Um, 
just need more keys in that secondary. You guys were getting torched. They were getting torched bad. Uh, maybe invest a little bit in that line because I feel as if every time Stafford drops back, he's getting ready for a power bomb. So, um, and he was dealing, Bro. man. I think he's he's as good as he's ever looked. It's just a matter of him staying on the field. So, well, what, I, I don't what, think there's too much to change is, over in LA. I think you draft your replacement for Stafford. I think yes. he's 36 yes. years old. I think you need to figure out what is life after this guy retires because he's he's a great he's a great. He had a couple years left in his contract, but he, what is our life like after he is finished? Yeah. I would definitely take a guy who needs at least a year. Um, a guy with, you know, a Stafford like play style, you know, makes the crazy, no looks the side arms, but, but could use a year, could use a year to, to learn under Stafford. And that man is Spencer Rattler. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, brother. Or Bo Nix, I guess. I don't know. But, but yeah, I agree. I think they need to uh, – I agree with the, the the mindset of drafting his replacement. But that's pretty much it. I I, I, I love the year they had. You found a gem in Puka Nakua. I mean, the, arguably the greatest rookie receiver of all time. He was amazing. Um, And I think it's just a matter of, you know, prepare for the future a little bit, but, like, you still got a team that can compete. So – yeah, yeah, you certainly do. Not too, um, yeah, see, not much on them. So uh, what do we have over in the AFC? We have the Dolphins and then the Steelers. You want to do Steelers last? Yeah, we do Steelers last. Okay, all right. Let me talk about the Dolphins. Uh, Dolphins, I believe exact same issue as the Cowboys. Your defense started to look legit near the end of the year. Maybe that's a bad team tax. Maybe that's y'all figured it out. Not exactly sure. Don't know because, yeah, everybody started getting hurt, but – I think it's plain and simple. Tua needs to change the scenery. It's his inability to be a game changer, a game breaker, like Cam Newton said. Look, he's a good game manager. When you want to beat Patrick Mahomes, you got to be able to go blow for blow with him. Lamar can do it. Lamar has done it. Josh Allen can do it. Josh Allen has done it. Joe Burrow can do it. Joe Burrow has done it. But you, he he doesn't have the goods to do it. He he's not really impressive outside of his first two reads against elite defenses in particular. Um, That's something they don't have either. Yeah, uh, they don't they don't have you know the greatest defense, but it worked all year because you could out just outgun people. But they start to get real pressure on Tua, and, and things didn't work. You need a guy who's able to move better than he does. You need a guy who's able to throw with a little more zip than he does, get the ball out faster than he does. And here's the thing, man. He wouldn't underthrow. Here's the thing. You could solve all your arm talent allegations if you threw the ball to Tyreek earlier. Because every time he has to go come back for a ball, it's because you threw too late. If you throw it earlier, you're hitting him in stride, obviously. But you don't do that, and that's part of reading the field. That's part of reading the defense and throwing your guys open instead of your guys getting open, and then you're throwing it to where they are and not where they will be, and then Tyreek has to bail you out. Next year, what's going to happen when Tyreek doesn't save every single underthrow that you have to offer? I like them competing next year. I like them finding somebody else, though. That's just me personally, and he is ruining the Alabama quarterback, and I'm sick of it. 
Danny said Tua to the Temple Owls. Chris said Tua to the Falcons or to the Bears to compete in the Midwest mid-off. <laughs> Who not winning a quarterback big... battle, Tua or Kobe White? Justin Fields. Um, <laughs> and to complete um, – I'm not a big Kobe Tua White. fan. I don't think Tua's a good quarterback, honestly. That that might be hey, I don't I've never been really like super impressed. I think him having the weapons of Waddle, yes, every fast person in the NFL and Tyreek Hill, like you should be that good of an offense. You should be as good as you were. And I think you could have been better. I think the quarterback could have made it better, in my opinion. And it's not even to like you know crap on Tua, but I don't think Tua is that good. I think you need, do need to make a change at quarterback because those guys are getting a year older. I, Mostert was already 31. Uh Tyreek Hill's not 22. You know what I'm saying? Jada Wild is still on the younger side, I guess. But at the end of the day, bro, you want to kind of compete now, especially with Burrow being hurt a lot. The Chiefs looking invincible right now. Like, I think it's the time for the next two or three years to really try to get in there and compete. And I think if you want to do that, I think you might you might have said it to him. Maybe you go get a Dak and see if he can take you there. Because one thing he can't do is, is he can throw the ball to some talent. That's what Dak can do. Two of yeah, mice. that's true. So I think that, that, that might be the thing, too. So I'm with that for sure. Knows another person I would uh, I'd give a call about? Yeah, boy, Justin Fields. All I'm saying I, is somebody give him a I chance. Think, I think <laughs> Justin Fields, because, yes, he does hold on to the ball very long, and it is an issue in this offense. I don't know how we'd work with the quick stuff, but his ability with his legs, the ability to extend plays, imagine trying to cover Tyreek Hill. Now imagine trying to cover him for five seconds. It, it, it's a matchup made in hell. And Justin Fields is built for it. I don't know. I, I, I think there's just God. several guys off their dynamic ability alone who could play better in that system than Tua. I promise to God, Justin Fields would perform way better with Jalen Waddle as a two instead of Chase Claypool or Donnell Moody. I promise to God. Donnell Moody. I promise to God. He looked good this year. I mean, he looked solid this year with DJ Moore. Uh, I'm I'm super yeah. interested in what they're doing with that first pick. Same. Um, but, Danny, do you have any words on Dolphins? Or you just want to start off with your Steelers, man? Aging team. Aging receivers, other than outside of Waddle, ass O line, good head coach. Um, great, great head not, coach. I, great head coach, in my opinion. Like, there's not much to play for when that happens. Um, it's just, just very hard. Um, yeah, uh, it sucks. Because this team could be so much better, but they're not. Breaking NBA news. The Raptors have waived center Christian Coloco to complete the Pascal Siakam trade with Indiana. Damn. Coloco caught a crazy stray. Crazy stray. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll move on to the Pittsburgh Steelers. The last what team they do. we're talking about, what's next for the Pittsburgh Steelers? I've been thinking about this for a few days. I've deduced four positions that will bring the Steelers back to life. The first is finding a center. Mason Cole was the worst graded center in the NFL this year. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you have to have somebody who can snap the ball. Um, you have to have somebody that's going to be able to give you life and be your Jason Kelsey and run the offense, right? Because not only does the center run the offense, they kind of operate as a QB. Um, like they help the QB get into a rhythm. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, hey, they're gonna. Think, the, yeah. The next position I would like to talk about is finding a corner across from Joey Porter Jr. Across from Joey Porter Jr., we have 33-year-old Patrick Peterson 
And outside of that, we have Levi Wallace, who's aging as well. It's not what you want to see when you're talking about corners in the NFL. It's just it's it's the position group is horrible. And you just need to find a way to improve your team at the at the DB group outside of safety. Our safety's played phenomenally down the stretch. And I think that contributed to the success of winning the last three games. And that moves on to kind of the last position is finding a third tackle. A lot of people are saying, oh, they still need to find a linebacker. We have linebackers. They got, they tore, two of them tore their Achilles. It's unfortunate. Um, it, it, we had Cole Holcomb who tore his ACL. I think Quan Alexander tore his Achilles. Resigned those guys. They played phenomenally. And what you got to do, Roger Jones moved back to the left tackle. Dan Moore, you have to go. Go find it. Yeah, right absolutely. Tackle. Absolutely. He has to go. 100%. Dude, there, there were some reps where Von Miller at age 33 was just He's, he, I know, but it's still Von Miller, but he, he was just Von Miller whiffing, big, he was whiffing, big, dude. big, big, big 2024. He was whiffing on Miller, like completely, like you got to get your hands on him. And it's going to be crazy that I didn't say quarterback because I think you can bring in a guy for competition, but I don't think quarterback is the biggest need. I don't think quarterback is one of the three biggest needs. Seeing what Mason Rudolph has done, if you give him a season with a, an offensive coordinator who's game planning around him and his skills, I think he can run an offense similar to how Alex Smith ran in KC for many years and kind of distributed the ball to weapons. And he, he talks about this a lot in, in his post-game interviews that he was playing in. He said that I like distributing the ball to my weapons, whereas a lot of people, quarterbacks are this focal point of the offense. He can kind of be a Rajon Rondo of the Steelers offense. Yeah, I like that, that you said quarterbacks, not their biggest issue because it's not their biggest issue. Um, I know a lot of teams, they talk about, oh, we're a quarterback away. The Steelers may they seem to be, they seem to they, be similar. They in might that. be, they have a little more issues to go. If they want to be a Super Bowl team, quarterback is not one of those biggest issues though. Yeah. You're probably going to want someone different. If you want to win the Super Bowl, Rudolph was fine though, down the stretch, even in the playoff game. I mean, he had that bad red zone pick, but I'm going to be quite honest. He didn't really play that bad of a game. I mean, it took a little bit to get in a rhythm, but it's going to be difficult when you're on your fourth start of your fourth start in three years and, and it's in Buffalo and it's zero degrees out there. Like it, it's going to be tough. What I would love, and you know, we've said this multiple times, going to camp with Rudolph Pickett in a quarterback battle, Rudolph obviously has the lead because of what he finished the year on. Draft the guy in the late rounds. Someone give me a Spencer Rattler count. I think this is going to be the fifth time I brought him up. Draft Spencer Rattler. Ease him into the quarterback, you know, battle. And then, yeah, we'll talk soon. That'll be the first Pittsburgh Steelers jersey I ever buy. I promise you. That'll be the one and only that I ever get. It would be Spencer Rattler. Wherever he's going, I'm getting a jersey. Just know that. Um, when it comes draft time. Him and his, I can't think of his name, but he had a receiver this year that was awesome. I think it was Leggett. I think his name was. Dude, he was baller. Um, yeah, Xavier Leggett, I think. Yeah. Dude, baller. He's so, I can't wait to talk about him, man. He's so good. Uh, But, yeah, I agree with everything Danny said about Pittsburgh. But if we, come on. That was, that was the thick of the episode, but we're really going to get to the highlight of, you know, 
episode. We're going to talk about the AFC divisional round, and we're going to since we haven't we didn't get to talk about the Ravens last week. Let's talk about Ravens versus Texans. Chris, what are we looking for this week? What do you think are the keys the Ravens are going to need to stop the Ravens or score on the Ravens? You know, what just what should be their game plan for the most part? Uh, if you're the Texans, I think you want to play fast. You don't want to let the defense get settled. Um, I think Roquan, Roquan is, I mean, most middle linebackers are, you know, the point guards of defense sometimes. This dude really is. Like, he really is that. And I think the more you let him get settled in and let the team get settled in behind him and, like, kind of have everybody rolling, the worse shape you are with the, with the Ravens. Um, the biggest thing is that with us this year, especially I think Marlowe's going to be out Saturday, which is awful. Our corners aren't great. We've played – they played pretty good, but they aren't great. And I think if you can attack us early, you have the best chance. I think C.J. Stroud, out of any quarterback, not just young quarterbacks, do so smart in the way he approaches the game. I think that he would take the time to be able to try to really dissect us apart. So that's the part that really scares me. Um, just for the offense, I think you don't – I think you have to be aggressive. I, I don't want them to play – chill like just try to match with the Texans. I think you got to be aggressive. I think you really got to be aggressive because I think the Texans have been better as a defense the last couple of weeks for sure, like without doubt. But they've also had time, not just week one, but they've had time where they haven't looked as great, where the secondary hasn't looked as great sometimes. And I think if you can attack them, I think you can, you know, kind of do the same thing that they would do to us. Um so that's what that's what I'm most excited to see to see how that works. I'm excited to watch um Lamar and Stroud duel uh as as quarterback. I think that's gonna be really cool. Um, but I think just the last thing to kind of round it off, I think the team who can get the running game going first is going to be the team to win. Um, I think – I'm not sure how big of a – if a role Dalvin Cook plays, but I think if if we'll be able to run the ball effectively as the Ravens, I think we'll have a, a better chance. But if they can get Singletary going, then we'll be in trouble. Um, so I think that's going to be like really how it goes. Like who can get to – who can get to what first to get to the other team? Like who can get to the running game or whose defense can settle in and, and make plays? It's pretty unique. I, like, I think Bobby, yeah. Bobby Slowick can – have a unique enough offensive game plan to allow Stroud to flourish against a elite. I'm not saying only good. I'm saying one of the best in the NFL, Baltimore Ravens defenses. I believe outside of this, the Steelers games where they allowed 17 both times, I think they only allowed, I think they allowed like under 15, like nine times. Like yeah, they they're, were, an elite, they're an elite. They're lights out. Um, lights out, man. To say the least. Like, Probably the best bolt, the best Baltimore defense since 2000, and that's that's saying something. Like they were awesome, <laughs> to say the least. And I like all of Chris's points that like be aggressive on both ends. You know, be aggressive against Stroud. You know, where Stroud, I one of actually Stroud's worst games of the year was Week One. Now you can put that on several things. You can put that on rookie's first game, or you can put it on. Ravens are showing you some you ain't never seen. Of course, you've never seen it before. But uh, and of course, offensively, yeah, no, don't be don't be conservative. You're one of the best offenses in the NFL. You have the MVP. You have you're gonna have Mark Andrews back. You're gonna have you're gonna be able to run him with likely on the field. That leaves Zay and Bateman, and you sprinkle in Odell. You sprinkle in Nelson Aguilar. They just gotta go out there, do their thing. Cause I think the disadvantage of being the one seed is that like I think people are just forgetting like what the Ravens are. And like, yeah, CJ Stroud played awesome, but like I'm picking the Ravens here. Cause they're the best team in football. I do give the Texans a lot better of a shot than I initially gave them because Stroud was almost perfect 
but this Ravens team has looked simply unbeatable since they destroyed the 49ers, like dismantled the 49ers. And they dismantled Seahawks. They dismantled the Lions. Any team that seemed like a contender, they took care of them. So that's just my thoughts on the Ravens. I'm going Ravens. Um, Danny, do you have anything else to say on that game? No, I don't have anything else to say. I think that the – I also take the Ravens. I think the Ravens can take advantage of this team and just go blow for blow. Yeah, um, that's basically what it is. I I, I, I do expect a decently high-scoring game, maybe like 28-24, something like that. Um, I expect – I this is going to be a, an excellent coaching battle. John Harbaugh, D'Amico Ryans, uh, the coordinators in this game are phenomenal. You got Slowick on one side. You've got Munkin on the other, uh, who both are going to be head coaches by this time next year. Uh, it's going to be great. And then other AFC divisional game, he don't want Munkin to go. No, please no. He cannot go. No, there's He's no He's got to go, man. He's if, he goes, if he goes, I'm going to do what Bane did in Dark Knight. Somebody's football <laughs> got to go. <laughs> if, if Munkin goes, somebody feels gone. Not yours, Danny. I'm sorry what happened to y'all in the movie, but somebody feels gotta go. If, if Munkin's gone, somebody feels gotta go. So, and then the other, who would have thought that the rookie of the year versus the MVP would not be the game of the AFC this weekend? It's Mahomes versus Allen, part three in the playoffs. Personally, I think I'm gonna go with Kansas City. I've liked what Rasheed Rice has become over the last month of the season. I think he's really established himself as a true wide receiver one on this team. Almost like what Juju was last year. Not like the strongest wide receiver one ever, but like Mahomes trusts him. He trusts him a lot. He still trusts Kelsey a lot. His defense was awesome last week. Amazing last week. Um, I trust his defense. The defense did a good job against Allen earlier this year. Offense wasn't getting anything going. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Mahomes. He has two guys that he absolutely trusts. Not that he's the biggest deal in the world, but Sky Moore might be uh Sky Moore might be back. Not a huge deal, but um as for the Bills, um again, it's hard to trust them to play some turnover free football. Um their defense, they did a good job against Miami in week 18 and they did a good job last week creating turnovers uh but they're not going against Tua and Mason Rudolph they're going against Patrick Mahomes who's the best in the universe so uh I'm gonna go with the Chiefs I think they're gonna play turn turnover free football I think Mahomes has a true wide receiver one he obviously still has um Travis Kelsey um yeah and I'm gonna take them to win on the road I'm gonna swing it to Danny because uh, his team just fell victim to the Buffalo Bills. So I'm just interested to hear his thoughts. Yeah, I'm taking the Chiefs all the way. I think that Mahomes has proven that he is Josh Allen's father in the playoffs. Oh, I think wow. the, the Chiefs have the advantage overall. I think they the receivers are getting hot at the right time. Mahomes is getting hot at the right time. Kelsey's balling out. I think the, the Bills are banged up. It's unfortunate for them that they're, they're, Davis is out. Stephon Diggs has not been involved in the offense the way that you expect him to be the last few weeks. Yeah, it just all that combined makes me really, really heavily favored the Chiefs, even on the road. And they're the underdog. So I, I got the Chiefs taking it down 24 to 17. In the low scoring uh-huh. Chiefs Bills game. 
rare. All 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 uh, forty one points are going to come with five minutes left. Yep. You know ball. You know how that goes, man. Chris, what are your thoughts on the other AFC game going on this weekend? I didn't know it was another game. What? It's <laughs> no, I'm but um, there's no way, shape, or form in my picking against Patrick Mahomes unless it's against Lamar Jackson. So simple as that. I'm going with the Chiefs. Um, but I will say this, though. What Josh Allen did last week, I think it was, was impressive. I mean, what he's done the last six weeks has been impressive. So I think kind of got to ease up off the hate train on Josh Allen. I like, I like how he's been. I like he's able to find digs a little bit in the last game. So that was dope. But, yeah, I, I, I think the Chiefs just – I don't know. I, th- I think they're. I think it's just Mahomes, bro. It's the Mahomes effect. It's, it's hard to to bet against this dude because every time I watch him play, he's winning or he's like in the Super Bowl. So it's like it's just difficult to do. And I, I think Travis Kelsey's gonna turn it up for these last couple games uh, that they have. I know he's been like a little inconsistent, especially Kelsey, um, Kelsey wise. So I, I expect a big game out of Kelsey, no matter what the weather is. And then um, yeah, I, I, I expect the Chiefs to not roll, but I expect them to win though by like maybe seven. Yeah. I would say for many years, we were looking at this guy named Tom Brady, and he would have some lackluster football teams. We'd be like, I'm still going to pick him because they have Tom Brady. Welcome to the Mahomes era. This team, look, and we said this, like, oh, we can't just rely on the Chiefs to figure it out once they get to the playoffs. And here we are. They Rasheed Rice is is a baller. And, oh, Travis Kelsey is still good for, you know, seven catches and, you know, 70, 80 yards a game. Probably a touchdown. Probably more if you didn't drop so many. But I don't know how cold it's going to be. Uh, or not. Um, but with that being said, we can flip the script to the mm. NFC side of things to wrap up the uh, the episode. Um, so that, that would get us looking at a Steelers, I mean, a, a, a Chiefs versus Ravens AFC championship. Which I'm pretty sure all of us predicted. I think in our, our playoff brackets, we and, and, that, and that's that's world class must watch television. So, and they're going to put it on Peacock. So, uh, probably. Uh, but in the NFC, we do have. I want to talk about this game first because I uh, I want to hear Danny's thoughts on it because I know what his thoughts are on it. Uh, the Green Bay Packers are going to play the San Francisco 49ers. The Packers will be are known sons of the 49ers, but it's a new era with Jordan Love, Danny. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that the Green Bay Packers actually go into Santa Clara and get it done for the first time ever. It's it's insane that the Packers would do this. Uh, the Packers are getting it done in Green Bay. I mean, the Packers are getting it done in Santa Clara because of Jordan Love. What he brings to this offense is just generational. And I've said it. I'm going to say it now. It's generational. Him and CJ Stroud are the future. They're the Mahomes and Allen of this couple years ago. Where you, where you see these two quarterbacks that you're like, oh, these guys can be dueling it out for a while. And I think we could possibly see Jordan Love going to Santa Clara. There's only been two teams that have dismantled the San Francisco 49ers here. It's the Ravens and the and the Packers. And I could see that being a Super Bowl matchup at this moment. Yeah. So I again kind of like with the Texans, the Packers, I give them a lot better chance um to beat this Niners team than I initially would have given them heading into the playoffs. I'm still gonna go with the Niners because here's where 
here's where I think you draw the line. So I actually expect Jordan Love to have a pretty good game against this Niners defense. Um, and these receivers are awesome. Uh, Daubs, um, Wicks, Reed didn't have a strong game, didn't have a good game at all last week, but you know, he'll, he'll get involved every now and then, uh, Watson didn't really get involved that much last week, but you know, all of these young guys are liable to just make a big play and Jordan Love is liable to find them. And he's been playing like one of the three best quarterbacks in football over the back half of the season. He's been really, really good. Where I draw the line is I don't trust their defense. I don't trust Joe Barry to put together three straight weeks of, of good defensive football. Nah, I'm not falling for it. Um, especially with the way Shanahan draws things up. Brandon Ayuk's just going to spawn open like 20 times a game. Uh, they're obviously going to get Brandon Ayuk going on the ground. They're going to get CMC involved in the pass game and get him going on the ground, give Brock easy, uh, Brock Purdy real easy looks to open up the game. I, I just think we're, that that's where the line's going to be drawn. I trust Niners defense. I trust the 49ers defense to throw off Jordan Love and, and those young guys a little bit more than I trust Joe Barry and his defense to throw off Brock Purdy. Um, because as young as Brock Purdy is in his career, uh, he, he's got playoff experience. Uh, he's been in, I guess you could say, two and a half playoff games because uh, he didn't get to finish the Philly one. But he knows what it's like going into another environment. Um, but he's going to be home. He's won two home playoff games. Um, and I trust the Niners defense to probably make a couple turnovers. I trust them more than the Packers defense, but I do think this will be a relatively good game. Uh, I think love will find some success, but um, I, I trust him. I, I trust the Niners defense. Yeah. I like that. And I think it's going to be a great game. Around, I, I, I didn't make my score prediction. My score prediction is 23 to 20 Green Bay. I'm going to go 31, 20. San Fran. Like and then, Chris, did you have any thoughts to round it out, or did you just want to give your pick and score prediction? It doesn't matter. You, whatever you want. We only have one more game left to talk about anyway, and we got some time. So, I'm cooking up. Um, actually, I have no clue what the is going to happen. Um, I, I think, um, I think I don't think Jordan Love magic runs out though. I think he plays good, but I think the 49ers win in that type of game. Like I think that's one of those where I think Jordan Love plays really well, and it's like. You see the announcers next year, like the analysts saying, like next year the Packers gonna. I think it's gonna be one of those games where he shows you, like, all right, I'm the guy. Like it shows you, like I'm the guy in uh, Green Bay, which he already is, but it kind of shows that. I think the 49ers still win. That team is just so complete, bro. It's just a, just a complete team. And I think the way the Ravens did to make people forget, like how dominant they were, like I, I think it, it kind of threw people off a little bit because they didn't see that coming. But the 49ers were dominant for a reason, bro. They they have a really good offense, really good defense. Uh, I I think I think they I think they win this game. Uh, I'll give a prediction. I think it's going to be uh 34-17. 34-17. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like what you said about like it was kind of like Jalen Hurts at Super Bowl last year. It's like, damn, the Eagles lost, but yo, Jalen Hurts was like awesome. And I hate that Nick Wright is he's on his podcast saying, like, are we sure Jalen Hurts is good? Because this time last year, he was saying, Oh, I was wrong about Jalen Hurts. He's elite. You could ask any player in the league like they everybody has high thoughts on on Jalen um but you know things happen now last game we got to talk about Buccaneers versus Lions um I can I can take this one first um 
Got two former number one overall picks. I like the way, I, I, like I said, if there's any secondary that Baker Mayfield can bounce back, you know, get a bounce back game on, it's the Philadelphia Eagles. And that's exactly what he did. Carve them up. Uh, his completion percentage, his stat line was not like what he actually did. Like, dude, he played awesome. He actually had some very critical drops from Mike Evans, of all people. And Kate Otten had some drops. But I thought he played really well. Um, I thought... The Buccaneers defense did a really good job providing a blitz, which is why I think I might lean Buccaneers here. I'm a big fan of their pressure. I know Jared Goff is not the best quarterback when he has pressure on him. So I predict that the Buccaneers will be able to make his day highly uncomfortable. And I predict the Bucs offense to keep things going against a Lions defense. I'm going to go with... My boy, Baker Mayfield. And Danny texted me earlier. He was like, dude, you used to love Baker. I do from a distance. I stay away because I care. But I picked the Buccaneers to win this one, though. I'm going to pick them 27-24. And I, I predict uh, the Buccaneers defense to, to make a big play uh, that revolves around some pressure on Goff, making him make a throw he doesn't want to, and the Buccaneers taking it the other way. Like that. I ain't gonna say I don't love my boy, man. It's just from a distance. It's just, it's just from afar, you know. It's just from afar. I would have got his Browns jersey. I got Manziel's Brown jersey. I should have got his Browns jersey. It's cool. I'll get his um, his Chicago Bears jersey. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna make my prediction on this Bucks versus Lions game. It's gonna, it's gonna be crazy. I'm predicting another, another upset in the NFC. I think the Baker Mayfield magic, he looks like prime Tom Brady operating this offense. And I, I really like it. I really like what he's doing. I think their defense is elite and kind of shut down the Eagles sputtering offense. Like I saw that Smitty big play, the Eagles offense looked deflated. Um, and that's not, well, that's, that's not saying, that's, that's not saying much, issues, but <laughs> it's, their, it's their own issues, but like the Bucks defense played with a lot of fire and a lot of heart. And I really enjoyed watching them. Um, it, it's it's a really great team, and I think that they can bring this fire into Detroit and beat Jared Goff and a, a guy who barely won. Um, he, he barely beat the, the Rams, which is a good team, but still. Yeah, their offense kind of came to a big halt at halftime. Um which I think the uh, the Buccaneers will be able to look at and maybe take away some things. What did the Lions do to stop this offense in the second half? Um, yeah, and Chris, rounding out our predictions before we real quick get into our hot takes of the divisional round. Yeah, um, I think the Lions win. And the reason I think so is a lot of reasons why I pick a lot of teams. I just need to have more – I wouldn't even say bet. Damn near better. I think they have more playmakers. I think. I think so. I like Gibbs a lot. I like Laporta a lot. Amarase Brown probably, I don't know if he was underrated, but in my opinion, I think he should have been in that top five receiver conversation. He had a ridiculous year. James Williams, like I, I like I like the, the Lions playmakers on offense, and I think they can out outdo, outscore the Buccaneers. And I, I like Baker. I've been a Baker fan for a while. I definitely did that terrible dance on the Browns. But outside of that, 
I've been a Baker Mayfield fan for a while, so I, I think he's going to play well. So it's going to be a, a really close game. It's going to be like a 31-28 type of game. It'll be a really close one. But I got the Lions pulling it out just off the strength of them just having a couple more playmakers. You just need a – and football, is re, you really need a couple big plays to break the game open. And I think they have a little more potential to do so more times than the Buccaneers. Because I think I give them like that little three-point edge. I love when we're like kind of split and we just don't all go across the board. I think the only game that we're picking across the board – is oh uh, no, we're all picking Ravens, we're all picking Chiefs, but um, and the NFC, hey, we're all split, and, and I like that. But we can head on just real quick, get our hot takes out of the way. I can start. My hot take is Patrick Mahomes will have more touchdown passes than incompletions in this game. I think he'll have four touchdown passes, three incompletions. A damn near perfect game in Buffalo. That's my hot take. All right. I got my hot take for you. My hot take is we see CJ Stroud have one of his first, not one of his first, but like in recent memory, like bad game. Like two picks type of thing, like turn it over type of thing, like one of those. I think I think this is like one of those times where it can be. A great showing for him, but also can easily set up for him to, you know, have a bad, like, not welcome to leave moment, but like, this is this is playoff football type, like, you know, one of those type of moments. So I think uh, that's my my hot take. That CJ Stroud does not have a good game against the Ravens. Those two picks plus. Mm, okay. Yeah. My okay. my prediction, my hot take, is that Lamar Jackson throws for five touchdowns. Ooh. Man. Well, not not throws. He, 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 five total touchdowns. To five total touchdowns. Okay. Yeah. Five. You know what I want to see from Lamar this weekend? One of those OG celebration. Long, no, no, you would oh. see one of those long Cincinnati Bengals runs where he not. Nah, I was gonna say he need he needs some because you know nope. you want to know it's the only thing that's holding him back in a lot of people's eyes, which I don't know why people are still hung up on this dude. He needs one of those runs that like Vic had against the Vikings. He need one of them where he split the safeties. I want Lamar to like in a clutch moment, just just take over straight Michael Jordan stuff, straight LeBron James stuff. Just just doing it yourself. I'm excited, man. This is good. I'm telling you, this is going to be one for the ages. This is four good games. This is four great games, except for the fact when you remember the quarterback out of the NFC is going to be Brock Purdy, Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield, or Jordan Love. I think I'd be happy. Meanwhile, mind you, <laughs> mind you, we have Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, and Matt Stafford at home. Probably the three best quarterbacks in the conference. Or I guess Jordan yeah. loves that top three as well. But yeah, you have three of the top dudes at home. Now, meanwhile, in the AFC, you have the three best quarterbacks in the AFC are up. And then you have the guy who's who's up next. So it's just going it to be straight bangers. The big X factor in Packers versus uh, 49ers, they have the quarterback edge. I don't want to hear Brock Purdy's MVP candidate. No, they have the quarterback edge. Jordan Love is better than Brock Purdy by a lot. Yeah, but Purdy is the better weapon. So. He's the better Purdy's, weapon, yeah. Purdy's just efficient as hell. So Not if Romeo Dobbs is looking like he look, he's it's just. I mean, I mean, I know Brandon Ayuk's <laughs> licking them chops against Joe Barry defense. But, nah, uh, not, not. Pack is back. 
Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Tell you, Jair, Scotty Barnes, Alexander. <laughs> back is back. Something tells me they were the only two people in their classrooms. Uh, <laughs> but y'all have anything to say before we uh, get on out of here? No? All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Remember what I said the same the beginning of the video. Like, subscribe, head on over to the audio platforms, leave us a five-star rating, leave us a like, and download. Keep showing us love. Follow us on Sideline Summit on all your social medias. You know, you'll see your know, clips. Make sure you keep showing love. Um, you know, comment down below. What's your big upset this week? What's your hot take? Uh, if you're watching at this point, the key word to say that you watched is Lamar Jackson. That is the key word. So if you just also comment, comment, that, comment, Russell Wilson is a New England Patriot. What? Hmm. I think you meant to say uh, Los Angeles Ram. Oh no! Imagine having Stafford and Wilson on your roster. Yeah. Oh my God! Your your cap space is crying for help. <laughs> nah, I think Russ Russ would have to resign a new deal after being traded, or he's like they they would his contract or something. It was somewhere along those lines. My brother Russell Wilson. Unfortunately, you are Oakland Raider. Yeah. Well, no, none, of the, none of these quarterbacks can go anywhere until Spencer Rattler decides where he wants oh, to go. Oh, brother. <laughs> Once he finds out, then everybody else do your thing. But uh, thank you guys for tuning in from AP New Freezer, culture by Migos, DC Comics. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you all next week. Peace. <laughs>